0: Hi, I'm Leslie Vreinhook, and this is Suasion, part one. So I've got a plan for this weekend, and it feels risky. It feels risky because in 1992, my mother was exactly the age I am now, and she disappeared so fast down that raging rabbit hole, or maybe that's just how it seemed to me, young and full of certainty and convinced she was a doddering old fool in her fifties. So some of the great divide is on me. But the rest? The rest is on Rush Limbaugh. This weekend, while everyone I know is wondering how anyone, anyone, could consider voting for Donald Trump, I'm following my mother into the dark pages of the book she read in 1992. One that drew her even deeper into a well of conservative outrage. Rush Limbaugh's The Way Things Ought to Be. I need to understand what resonated, what it was that led a woman that smart and gracious and open to possibilities into a place where she could so blindly and uncharacteristically tolerate, even defend the worst of what the Republican Party had to dish out a man like Donald Trump. My mother was a libertarian from birth, I think. She was a five-foot-tall firebrand, a feminist who never called herself one. She had no time for organized religion and great faith in science and nature, but also in the free market. She and my father were unwaveringly pro-capitalist, And that's not surprising, capitalism had been very good to them, and to everyone they knew, the way it was in the mid-twentieth century if you were white and reasonably intelligent and well-educated and had luck on your side. They'd married young and moved fast to the U.S. in the sixties, fleeing a Canada they believed was already too socialist. And yet for all that, my mother did let it slip last year, in the last weeks of her life, That as a young woman made to work overtime without pay, she'd tried to start a union in her office. No one is just one thing. Certainly not my tomboy wannabe mother who always wanted to play outside, who loved sports and having water fights with her kids, yet always wore lipstick and knew how to turn her ankles just so when she was being photographed. Photographed. Limbaugh's 1992 book was still on her shelf when we cleaned out her North Carolina house after what was a particularly expedient death. She told me she didn't ever want to be a burden on her kids. And a week later, as if she willed it, she was dead. It was very much in keeping with her unsentimental, independent philosophy. I originally thought I'd send Limbaugh's uh, book to Goodwill with most of her other things, and then I saw the inscription on the inside cover. It reads, Billy, I thought you'd want to read this before the end of the month. Pris. A Christmas present from Pris and Jim, then. Pris and Jim were my parents' closest friends for decades. I can remember them having these lively conversations and debates over the dinner table. Republicans and Democrats trading barbs and laughs, listening to each other and finding middle ground or just agreeing to disagree. People did that then. But of course, back then, newspapers and magazines still streamed into the House, and there was something like an agreed-upon version of the facts. Back then, excellent debates happened regularly at my parents' table. When my brothers and I were just coming into adulthood, our family had rollicking nightly conversations. We would argue, we would debate, we would laugh our heads off. They were so proud of their kids' intellect and our individuality. But of course that was back before Rush Limbaugh was filling the airwaves and taking up all the air in the house. When Mom received this book, Bill Clinton would have just been elected president. This, for my mother, was about as staggering and as upsetting as Trump's 2016 election was for me and my friends. Clinton, she thought, was was slimy, was a man of moral depravity, and he proved her right. Then, and actually for the rest of her life, there was no living person my mother despised more than Bill Clinton, except maybe eventually Hillary Clinton. Mom had a thing, you see, for honesty and fidelity And she also had a thing against older men who used their power to get with younger women under their authority. If that sounds like a modern feminist notion, uh, well, you couldn't tell her that. Feminism had become a word for something hate-filled, something hateful and evil. And if I was one of those, well, then I was no friend of hers. By the mid-1990s, as I entered my 30s, we were no longer even speaking the same language. I felt like I'd lost my mom and dad, and like they'd lost their minds. It would be years before life intervened and forced us back together and made us trust each other again, made Mom and I understand that maybe we were both wrong in our assumptions about each other. After we built that bridge... We steered clear of politics for a little while, and for another while I tried pulling up source documents on the internet to find facts we could agree on. Occasionally, that worked. I'd win a point. But just as often, she'd find an argument that she found more convincing. Sometimes we'd agree spontaneously, and we'd both be really surprised and really happy when that happened. And we'd realize we were just coming at an issue from different angles. By that time, Dad was dead, and there were no newspapers or magazines anymore, just rage radio all day and Fox News at night. Mom still loved her tragically liberal daughter, and I think she liked me again. And she loved her sons and her cats and card games, and she still drank scotch, and she smoked her cigarettes, and she embraced her left-leaning neighbors. But she could also switch from conversational to vitriolic at the flick of an ash. And now she hated charity of any kind, plus environmentalists, feminists, Democrats, liberals, educators, and most of all, most of all, she hated the lying liberal media. She never did warm up to religion, but she lost her faith in science, or at least in scientists. And you know, at first she didn't support Trump, but after he won the Republican nomination, she embraced him too, And she let his moral depravity slide, which was surprising. If she'd lived, she might still support him. And that's what I want to wrap my head around. I want to understand why, what it was that worked so well, it nearly pulled our family apart 30 years ago. The way so many families are coming apart now. So I'm going to start at the beginning with this 1992 book. And maybe it's a treacherous thing to embark on, reading it. Not because I'm afraid I won't be able to think my way out of Limbaugh's wormhole, but because of what I might discover in there. A version of my beloved, Trump-tolerating mother that is less forgivable than I need it to be. Next time, I'll let you know what I find out.